Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Back to the Ineligible Podcast. My name is Chase Caldwell. He's Will Stone. Today, I am Will Stone. (laughs) (laughs) Today we have a great show for you in store. Um, Will's going to be asking us some questions. We're going to be answering. And I think that's how it goes, right? Now, welcome to Q&A number two, number dose. Um. You thought Q&A 1.0 was good. Q&A 2.0, about to blow it kind of out of the water. Yep. It's just getting better and better. We have some great questions today. Um, so This episode is going to post on Friday to get you guys a little fired up. Uh, a week from when this episode launches uh, is when fall camp starts for A&M. And then I believe uh, five weeks from this weekend is the first game. For AM. And actually, as a matter of fact, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 28th. And one month from today is the first college football games. There's like three games on the 28th of August. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll be here in a in no time. In a jiffy. In a jiffy, as they say. So, um, is I it, is it jiffy off. or is it giffy? It, you know, there's been a big, <laughs> uh, a big disagreement about that among the internet. Um, it's uh, it's a very divisive topic. <laughs> it's kind of like pineapple I, on pizza. I'm I'm inclined to say Jiffy instead of Giffy. Yeah, that's kind of me as well. Um, we're gonna get to uh, Hayden's question first. Hayden Garland, one of our good buddies, he actually sent us one. Actually, he sent us several on the last one, but we didn't know how to use Instagram because we're old. Uh, so he just, uh, just speak for yourself. <laughs> I have two Instagrams. <laughs> <laughs> I have mine and I have the ineligibles podcast one. Oh wait, you're on that one too. Yeah. So like one and it, it, it was funny the other night whenever we were talking to Kyle Quinn on there and um we were like both replying at the same time. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah, no, it it, <laughs> it, it, it confuses people. If 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 there's something that, that sounds like it's directed towards you, I'll just like text you and, and like get you to answer it. So we're not like like both talking to one person and confusing them, but yeah, that's uh, great. Definitely uh, something we have to adjust to. But Hayden's first question is, uh, if you could change three things about college football, what would they be? I don't know if you have anything off the top of top of your head, um, and I'm not even sure that I have three, but I've definitely got one or two that I think would enhance the game by a great degree. All right, let's hear yours first, and then I'll, I'll go with mine. I, def- I have my three already, too. Okay. Um, I think I just have two. Well, I, I guess I'll, I, I've got two and a half because one of them is probably about to happen. Um, I'll start with that one, and that is pod scheduling. 
we touched on it a little bit in our realignment episode, but it just makes more sense to go to pods instead of divisions. If you have like, like the big 10 has 14 teams and the sec has had 14, they're about to have 16. They're almost certainly going to do some sort of pod structure and not uh, an East and West division, but um, it just allows you to cycle through your opponents more often and, and actually feel like you're in a conference and not playing uh, at one of your opponents once every 14 years or something like that. So um, sure. I think that would be would be good to adopt uh, in the Big Ten as well. Um, my big one, and it will never ever ever happen, but I think it would be it would be so much fun to institute some sort of relegation in college football. Uh, if that's if if that's a new word to you in in terms of sports, um, it's what the 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 uh, the uh, Premier League does in soccer. If you are really bad, uh, you get relegated. I think you have to play against a team like the best team from the like the next division down. And if you lose, then you get relegated to that division and lose your spot in the in the good league, and that other team takes your place. I think that would be so cool in college football because uh, I've, I probably sound like a broken record, but I'm a big proponent of the the Cincinnati's of the world and the Coastal Carolinas and teams like that. And since they, you know, didn't have the right friends a hundred years ago to get in the right conference, uh, they're kind of screwed from a big picture college football perspective. So I think if they had an opportunity to, you know, really, like have something to work towards, like, hey, if we're really, really good, you know, we can jump into that next league and, you know, make more money or get more exposure and, you know, maybe keep our coaches so they don't go to, you know, SEC schools and stuff like that. But it'll never happen because of money. And, you know, money is the ultimate driver in this thing. So uh, no school will ever agree to uh, having their paycheck depend on their performance. I mean, that's just absurd. So (laughs) I, I don't see that happening. Couldn't be me. <laughs> and then I guess my third one real quick is um, uh, not scheduling games like 20 years in advance. Uh, mm. That It's never made a ton of sense to me. And uh, to keep it brief, just, just look at last year and Coastal Carolina and BYU scheduled a game in like four days. And it was fantastic. And like, like we schedule games against teams, you know, way in advance. And by the time you get to those games those teams may not be as good as they were when you scheduled it. Maybe that's a good yeah. thing. You know, you get a guaranteed win, but I don't know. I feel like you get, you get better games if you, you know, left like an open weekend, you know, later in the season and they match you up with another, another top team, uh, you know, like in November or something like that. But um, that'll probably never happen either. But just a couple things that, um, that, that, that I'd like to see. Mine are going to pale in comparison to yours. I, I don't know. For some reason, when I heard the question, like I wasn't thinking like overall college football like that. I was I was thinking like the game. So my first one is uh, – sorry about my mic. My first one <clears throat> is get rid of unsportsmanlike conduct. Like that that's a dumb rule. So if you want to do horns down or, or like gig them down, I don't know what you call that. Um Thumbs like down. have have at it. If you want to talk trash, like if you want to be Johnny Manziel and just put money dollars in people's faces, <laughs> like point of the scoreboard, just do it, dude. Yeah. Like that that that's that's I I like that. That's fun. But 
Um, it would make the probably receiver, never happen. It'd make the receiver and DB matchups really interesting because those guys would lose their cool if they were allowed to uh, talk as much crap as they want to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it would. Um, the second one I was going to say would was going to revolve around the targeting rule again. I, I I was thinking in terms of like playing during the game, <laughs> like the the targeting rule I would like to see fixed. Um, I'd want to see. I mean, if it's if it's a blatant thing, like there there just needs to be two penalties on that. Um, yeah, they they've definitely made it better by not automatically kicking them the player out right away. Um, but I still think it's kind of kind of bad because sometimes it's just an accident and like okay, give them five yards or something like that if it was you know unintended but you could tell whether it was an accident or whether it was on purpose you know like yeah but sometimes it's just a collision and it's just it's not their fault that their their heads just hit together and and then you boot a player out because it was targeting but it was just kind of the momentum of their bodies you know the only uh yeah like there's sometimes that you just can't help it like there's just nothing you can do as a player to avoid making contact right there but yeah, the, the one good change they did make, and I don't know why they even had it this way in the first place, but when they first did targeting and they started ejecting players for targeting, they made them leave. Like they couldn't even be on the sideline. They sent them made to the them leave. The, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> like and, it's so like humiliating. That used to always crack me up because like no matter how many times somebody got a targeting penalty, it was like every time they never realized that they had to leave the field and then like the game wouldn't resume and they'd be on the sideline and you would see like just some some like strength and conditioning coach go over and tell them like hey buddy we gotta go back in the in the locker room and then they yeah. then they would throw a fit <laughs> like they would, they would be mad already but then they would throw a fit and it was just always funny it's like have you have you not seen like when your buddy did that last weekend you know like i don't know it's just just was always funny to me it was like that for like two years yeah um, <clears throat> um well I'll, i guess i'll piggyback on that because grant uh grant dickey actually asked later on about um like the worst rules in college football uh i'm with you a thousand i just nailed on, two of them for sure you did yeah like like targeting it, sh- it should be like basketball where there's a flagrant one and flagrant two like if it's incidental you know um maybe it's like five yards or ten yards whatever but the player gets to stay um but I think my least favorite rule in in, in all football, in, in NFL or college, is the fumble out of the back of the end zone. Oh, that was two. that was going to be my third, actually. Dang it. I wish you would have let me finish. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but it sucks. Like, that rule sucks. That's like, the terrible rule. Terrible rule. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I even know. I know how to compare that rule to something because it's like one of those things where, like, technically, yes, okay, I get what you're saying, but it needs to change a little bit. Um, yeah, that that rule is terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah. It's um, just way too. Um, it's way too punitive. Is that the right word to the offense? Like, you shouldn't lose possession just because, like, like you're inches away from scoring. Yeah, I, I just 
I, I just thought of I just thought of the perfect example. It's like scratching on the eight ball, and the person that you're yes. playing pool against hasn't made a single ball in their color or their <laughs> deal at all, and you're like, oh, "Oh, I'm sorry that I was too good. That I was already on the eight ball, and you can't even get one ball in, and I scratch. Heaven forbid, you've scratched seventeen times. That's why you haven't gotten any of these balls in. So yeah, yeah. like it's it's just like that. It's like okay, really. Yeah. The uh, team you're playing has fumbled 15 times and uh, and been able to keep the ball, but you fumble out of the end zone where no one recovers it, and you have to give it back to them. Like that's actually a really good comparison about the eight ball. I'll, I'll also ball. I'll also kind of add in one more that's kind of off the wall. Um, I don't like doing these kind of things if I don't have like a suggestion on how to fix it. But this is one that I don't have a suggestion on how to fix it. But the thing where like. If they blow the call dead, even if it shouldn't have been dead, then that's where you're down. Like when you remember when Kellen, they thought stepped out of the end zone a couple years ago, but he didn't. Yeah. I think it was someone's last year, maybe. Um, yeah, it was because that's where the GIF came from, where he like, yeah, <laughs> made that face, you know what oh, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, he almost stepped out, but didn't step out. They blew it dead, and then he scored a touchdown, and they still called it back because they blew the whistle. That That's a really dumb rule. I understand it because, like, they blew it dead, so, you know, that's on the ref, but that that sucked. Yeah. Hey, have you got an opinion on the uh, the uh, helmet coming off rule and, like, 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 you can't keep going with the play if your helmet comes off? Like the like the, the the scenario that I think of happened to A and M in the against Bama in twenty thirteen. I think it was Alonzo Williams. His helmet came off uh, like mid play, and he was like, like he he played on defense, and he was still like trying to track down the running back, and they they penalized him for like still participating in the play, even though his helmet came off. Um. As a fan, I think it's like it, it 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 feels really dumb. It's like, oh come on! Like he he was really like he made the tackle still, and yeah, that, like he was finishing the play. But you know, when you're out there and you're you know adrenaline's going and you're 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 playing the game, like you get in that zone and you want to finish the play. I mean, that's that's your, what your training is. But that that's there to protect the player from themselves, right? Because somebody falls on their head wrong, and I mean they they might not ever walk again, you know. Yeah. Um. So so I I'm gonna be I'm gonna be old guy on this one and probably say I like that rule. <laughs> yeah. But but there's something to that rule, and I'd have to look at it uh, just because it that's such a like a rule that you rarely ever see. I want to yeah. say there's something to that rule that's like it only only impacts defensive players like offensive right. players don't have that same penalty so if it's if it's like that if i'm right on that then um yeah I that would be dumb if, if you're like a ball carrier and your helmet comes off like they just blow the play dead and like if you keep running after the whistle's blown like you don't get penalized like you just don't get that extra yardage so i, th- I yeah. think i think i think i think you are right on that where like the offensive players don't get don't get penalized yeah. Um, so yeah, that knocked, that knocked out two questions in one. Um, 
I've, I've got to say uh, on my answers, I can't take credit for those. Like those aren't all uh, my original ideas. Um, those are actually all, uh, I guess, borrowed from Bill Connolly at ESPN. Uh, he, he put on, he put out an article a couple years ago of uh, like his platform is college football commissioner, which isn't a real thing, but like it, it was basically the same question. Like if he could change the rules uh, a certain way, like what would he do? And he had like a bunch of things on there. And the, the, the three that I just said are the only three that haven't happened yet. So <laughs> um, I think it'd be cool to see those, but yeah, I don't see, uh, I don't see relegation happening uh, ever in this sport, but no, no, um, let's move on to my father-in-law, uh, Mr. Brian Graham. Uh, he asked about the 12 team playoff. Um, are there still going to be, uh, as many bowl games, uh, under a 12 team format as there's been, uh, as of late? Um, I, I'm inclined to say no, just because, um, well, I don't know. Well, he also he also added on to that um, in reference to like the uh, non-playoff bowl games. Are, are we still going to see a lot of opt-outs in those? Kind of like we've seen like with North Carolina last year and Florida last year. Uh, are we going to see those in like the, like the lower level bowls uh, that aren't part of the playoff? Uh, I think you do still see opt-outs for sure, but um, I don't. I'm not so sure that. You won't see as many bowl games because if you think about it, all the all the twelve team playoff really is since you have that the that first round being on campus. Okay, so you got twelve teams playing on campus. So week two you have six teams. That's three games. Then week wait, did I do that math right? No, that's not how it works. Hold on. Because four teams get buys, right? Yeah. So you'd have you'd have eight teams would play week one, so that would get narrowed down to four teams. So then there would be another eight teams would play week two, so that's four games right there. Then that would narrow down to two games, and then that would narrow down to one game. So there's there would be a total of seven bowl games within that, including the championship. Right. I think you I think in that situation you would see the New Year's six bowls plus a championship. Yeah. So I don't even think the big bowls would change. I think you would keep these exact same New Year's six bowls and then yeah. you would just have the championship separate from it. Which I would about, like. I would like that. Yeah. And the what about like are we still gonna have the uh the uh the uh, Gasparilla Bad Boy Mowers Bowl and the Bahamas Bowl and the... And the Franklin American Mortgage Company Music City Bowl? That one, yeah. Like, are we okay. still going to have... Are we still going to have, like, all of these bowls? Uh, and, and actually, <laughs> uh, sorry, this is like a like a squirrel moment, but uh, I saw the other day that uh, Barstool purchased the rights to a bowl game and it's going to air uh, on their website instead of on television. That's an entirely di- different topic, but I thought that was interesting that uh, that, that that happened. <laughs> that's yeah, that's really interesting. It's going to be like one of the least watched bowl games in history. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think you still see a lot of those small small bowls, but I think you probably I don't know. I, I, I still I'm still uncertain about some of that because like I like I was just saying, I think those six games become the New Year's six bowls. Well if they do and you're I mean, then if you go to the championship, you basically go to three bowl games, like back to back to back. So yeah. there's no way you could get that full bowl experience. Not like it right. has been. So like they're not going to do like, you know, games and stuff all week long between the two teams and, you know, do really nice fancy dinners and stuff like that. So I, yeah. I feel like some of that is um, probably funding, you know, for them. And so um, I don't know. I asked Fred about that the other day whenever I was talking to him on the phone and I told him, you know, we probably ought to get him in during bowl season because he was on the, uh, Cotton Bowl committee and everything. Oh yeah, and, sure. Um, I was like, I, I'd be curious to see insight from the that side of the coin, you know. So, yeah. um, we may get him on the pod, like, you know, end of the season or something. Yeah. Um, because I would be curious to know, you know, his thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I feel like you'll see some of the smaller ones kind of die off. Like, I think the the Franklin American Mortgage Company Music City Bowl is probably safe. I think Duke Mayo Bowl is probably safe. Bahamas Bowl is probably safe. But like the Bad Boy Mowers, I'm not even sure which one that even belongs to. But like, like, like the like the like the the bowls that just got added, like they add more bowls every year. Like, I think that's going to come to an end, and they're probably going to trim off those those lesser bowls that feature like teams that have losing records. I think those are going to get trimmed off. And then, as far as opt outs, I think it's just dependent on the team. Like. Uh, if you look at last year, like if if Florida's in a playoff, then all those guys aren't going to opt out. They're going to, you know, play in that game because they they still have a shot at a championship. But on the other hand, a team like North Carolina that would have been left out and probably played, you know, like they wouldn't have played A and M, they would have played a you know a lesser opponent. Um, I think teams like that that like just mi- just missed the cut. I think they'll still have quite a few opt-outs. Um, and really, yeah. I think at this point, any team that makes a bowl that's not the playoff, that has any kind of, you know, day one or day two draft pick, they're probably going to opt out. It's it's just, the, it's kind of the way things are these days. And that's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not old man yells at cloud that that's a, you know, a bad thing. They can do whatever they want to, but uh, that's just kind of the way it is. Well, and, and you, you, you at that point are guaranteeing that the twelve best teams in college football probably will not have any opt outs. Yes, so absolutely. so I mean, okay, the thirteenth best team. Mm, you know, I, I I think you'll still see opt outs on those teams, but I don't think it, it will have near the impact like you used Florida. Florida would have been one of the. 12 best teams, you know? Yeah. So we, we were robbed of the opportunity to see one of the, a, a great team play another great team. Yeah. Um, so in this case, you at least get that with 12 teams. You'll miss out on a few more, but, um, yeah. well, if know. it's the 12 best teams then it's presumably, you know, 12 teams worth of the best players in the country that everybody wants to watch anyway. So, right. Right. Um, it just, you know, it just makes sense, but, yeah. Um, next question comes from my brother. Big uh, family episode so far. Got father in law, yeah, got brother, like got wife coming up uh, here pretty quick. But 
Uh, my brother Blake Stone, he asks about um, A&M's biggest roadblock for making the playoff. And I may even pose this, and, we, and I think I think we both say Alabama, obviously. But yeah, uh, I think let's we just can, do other than Alabama, maybe. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, so, like, I guess, like, of the other, like, say at the end of the year, A and M is eleven and one with a close loss to Alabama, as opposed to last year where we, you know, lost by a lot. Who is who is this season's like Notre Dame or, you know? Someone like that who's, you know, kind of in that five to seven range that would try to make a case over A and M. Who was, if A and M is eleven and one. Hmm. It's a good question. It maybe, uh, maybe just and this is just based on last year's performance, but maybe North Carolina or Miami. Um. I'm thinking AA, or ACC, like maybe we get another one there. Notre Dame could do it again, though, too. They could, yeah. Um, um, I feel like, and this won't happen because college football is uh, wild and unpredictable, but this year feels kind of chalky to me. Like uh, It feels like the top four are going to end up being Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, uh, who are all the favorites of you know the four, the four better conferences. Um, I, I don't see a team from the Pac-12 uh, breaking in there. And so if if that holds, like if those teams are all undefeated or like one-loss teams and all win their conferences, then I don't think there's a, there's a really a path for A&M to get in there. But I think you need like Oklahoma to drop two games uh, or just not win the conference, you know, or something like that. Or maybe uh, you said North Carolina, like maybe they have – like one or two losses, but beat Clemson in the ACC title game, something like that. Well, yeah. Well, I just I just saw um, a tweet from our boy uh, Robert Barons on Twitter. RCBO five. He said, "Yeah, uh, famous, famous Aggie on Twitter." <laughs> um, he uh, he said that Alabama hasn't had an undefeated. What did he say? Dang it. I'm, I'm screwing up his tweet. An un, undefeated SEC record in an odd year since 2009. So, yeah. who's going to beat him this year? Yeah, it's we actually are, a really good point. We when are. You, when you Texas look at A&M is. <laughs> when you look at their, uh, you know, at the Saban era, like the, they, they do have the years like last year where they just, they, where they go undefeated and win the whole thing. But that's not typically the norm. Like they, They've dropped games to Ole Miss twice and Auburn multiple times. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely possible that that could happen, and uh, we will see about that. Um, I think an underrated team, and uh, this this probably won't happen because of uh, the conference they're in, but Cincinnati, Cincinnati was really good last year and brings back a lot from that really good team that uh, took Georgia down to the wire in the Peach Bowl, I think. Uh, but yeah, so the only reason I bring up them is because the way their schedule sets up is kind of like the schedule that Houston had in 2016 where they played uh, Oklahoma and Louisville at a, and at a conference games who were like both really good teams that year. Um, Cincinnati this year plays Notre Dame and they play Indiana. Among, you know, their like UCF, Memphis, and Houston teams like that. So 
Um, if they can, if they can win those two games. If they beat Notre Dame and beat Indiana, and end up thirteen and zero, they might have a an argument to get in. Yeah, I'm trying to be creative here too, unlike some other ones that that could, because that was a really creative one. Um, I said this, I think, in our last episode, but but I could see, um, I could make the case for our biggest roadblock to getting in being uh, Mississippi State. You know, as like our like if saying we like like, like we drop a game the, to Mississippi State. Well, are you are you keeping the Alabama loss and then? Oh yeah, sorry. Lose, okay, yeah, yeah. I could see that if it was on the road, I would, I'd be all in on that one. Um, yeah, I've I've been. Wait, is it been, not? I thought it was. It's it's at home. Okay, well, uh, still, 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 I think it, it could be a trap yeah, game. Yeah, but you know, you know, I've been driving the bus for Mizzou on on this podcast, so. Um, oh that, yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good. Point. That, that, that's that's definitely a trap game that scares me. Uh, coming the week after Bama, if we win or lose against Bama. Um, mm-hmm. as far as the Pac-12, uh, in terms of playoff talk, I, I just don't see a team over there that's ready to compete just yet. Uh, for some reason, a lot of people are high on Oregon. Uh, I don't know why they were four and three last year. Uh, they didn't even win their division, but they got to play for the the Pac-12 title because Washington had COVID issues. Um, so I'm. I'm First of all, I, I don't like Oregon. Uh, I hope they lose a bunch of games this year. Um, but second, like I, I don't see them or USC, you know, going like just having like one loss or an undefeated kind of season that gets them into the playoff. I think it's been since 2016 that a Pac-12 team has even made it. I think Washington made it back then, and no one from out there has has made it since. Hmm. All right, ready to move on? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, Brittany Stone, a.k.a. my wife. My wife. Uh, Your wife. She, she has uh, uh, a lot of questions, and we'll get to some of these, but um, I've got to go with uh, best tailgate side dish because I, as much as I love tailgates, I struggled with this whenever she first sent this in. I had to go do some, do some, uh, some research on my favorite tailgate side dishes. I think my, my favorite tailgate side dish is probably jello shots. <laughs> um, <laughs> especially if I have like a that's backpack a, full of them. That's a fair point. <laughs> um, Very good. I, I don't, I've never made a tail. I've never like contributed to any tailgate other than maybe bringing jello shots or like, drinks um but i don't think i've ever cooked anything at all for or or just prepared anything food wise for a tailgate i just don't think of tailgates as food for some reason yeah. um but i always well, eat at tailgates i just don't ever, <laughs> I don't ever, well, I don't I, ever I, contribute i just mooch normally i have like ricky bobby or somebody you know like yeah I, I don't know why i feel like side dish is so much harder than like picking a main course because there's so many good main courses. Like if it's a morning game, you know, you could do breakfast tacos or, you know, if it's later in the day, you could do, you know, something smoked like a pulled pork or a brisket, um, something like that, or, you know, just good old burgers and hot dogs. But, uh, for some reason I, I struggle to come up with a good side dish, but 
Well, I mean, mine, mine that I'm going to go with that, like, to be for real instead of Jello shots is um, uh, buffalo chicken dip. Okay, yeah. Buffalo chicken dip's dope. I yeah. love buffalo chicken dip. I was going to say, like, uh, I was going to just say dips. I know that's a cop-out because I've got a second one, but, like, uh, I think some kind of dip. I think buffalo chicken dip's an excellent one. Uh, yeah. King Ranch chicken. Um, obviously, queso is always good. Uh, any mm-hmm. kind of corn dip or uh yeah i went to a, a watch party a couple years ago where they had a, a jalapeno popper dip which is as good as it sounds mm-hmm. uh, it's super easy to make so i may have Brittany make that for one of the AM games this year or if we have a house party but i'm out, i'm uh, out on jalapeno poppers at a house party <laughs> only only the real ones get that reference yeah <laughs> Especially during the Alabama game when it's just on fire. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were fire, literally. Yeah, they were. Uh, but I think my pick for best tailgate side dish is because I only ever eat this at tailgates is uh, sausage balls. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. I don't think I ever see those anywhere. Actually, I take that back. Sometimes I see them at like Christmas like people bring them yeah. as like a side at Christmas, but yeah, yeah. but yeah, that that's a good one or boudin. But I don't know if that Ooh. would be considered like a main dish. I don't know. Yeah. We'll refer to the kunat, or you can we'll say refer it. to the uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll refer to the LSU people for that one. <laughs> the Cajuns. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I I did struggle with that. I had to uh, really think hard about. Tailgates. First of all, it's been too damn long since I've been to a tailgate. I'm super super excited to get back to one this year. But um, let's go on to uh, Grant Dickey, and he asked, "What is the greatest upset slash greatest uh, buzzer beater type win in college football history?" Or just like some of them? Like we don't have to actually like argue about the top ones and, and pick one, but, uh, uh mine's going to be boring, but it, I've, I haven't seen anything like it ever. And that's the kick six. I mean, you have to put that in there. It's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not boring to me. I think that was one of the, the most exciting moments in football I've ever, I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I, it, no, it, it was, it was, it's, it's boring. Cause everybody's going to pick it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. like I, we were, we were watching the game, and we we had kind of come to the conclusion that you know it was going to go to overtime, right? And like everybody had, and um, so mom and everybody took like a a break to go into the kitchen, and me and my papa like stayed back watching. And I'm like, oh, it looks like they're going to run another play. Uh, Alabama's going to try to kick a really long field goal, you know? And we're like telling everybody what's going on, you know? And I was like standing up next to the screen, like watching it uh, yeah. just cause I was waiting to go in the kitchen too. Um, and, and they kicked it and we're watching and, and I was like, Oh my God, you know? And, and like, <laughs> of course you could hear the announcer say the same thing say, you know, oh on the God. TV. <laughs> and, and you just hear like my mom and my nana, they're like, what's happening? What's happening? And I was just standing there just like, I, I had no, I literally had no words. I couldn't explain what I was watching. I mean, 
I was just sitting there like, wow. <laughs> I was just in shock and awe, you know? But yeah. I think it, I think what made that one so much specialer is, uh, you know, that, that you don't hear as much anymore. But um, obviously those of us that were following that season will probably always remember it. You know, as the the prayer at Jordan Hare, like the the week before that, and then um, was there th- was there three in a row? Was there also one? Was the prayer at Jordan Hare was that the one against Georgia, or did they have one a miracle between the hedges or something like that? Um, it, it was against Georgia, but like I think early okay. early in the year they needed like a a very uh, lucky play to. Uh, beat Mississippi State, and it wasn't a yeah, big deal because just, like because they had already lost to LSU or somebody. I think like nobody even cared about that game. But then later on, people look back and they're like, "Oh, like they were lucky to to even get that win." Yeah, yeah, that was a cool season. Yeah, um, I think like the two that came to mind, and I'm trying to think like like true like no seconds left like this end of the game and. I'm going to include the, the Crabtree catch, even though there was one second left. Like it, it, it ended the game. You know, like like that was mm-hmm. it, and that was just such a an iconic moment. Um, it really stings for Texas fans, which makes me happy because you know I love to watch them lose. But that ruined one of their best teams ever. Like, uh, like the way the tiebreakers worked that year. Um, Texas beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma beat Tech, Tech beat Texas, but due to the the margins of defeat, Oklahoma got to play for the Big 12 title game and ended up, I think, playing Florida in the mm-hmm. championship and losing. But um, it would have been Texas, you know, had they not let Crabtree for that touchdown at the end of the game. But I think the the all timer here, the and it, it gets talked about all the time, uh, but it's just it's it's just so great. Um, the App State blocked kick against Michigan. Um, mm, yeah, it's it's great for so many reasons. Like that was the last play of the game, and if Michigan makes that kick, they win. Uh, and you know, it gets blocked. Um, but on top of all that, like uh, I think App State was still um, at the FCS level. Like they weren't even a uh, like a an FBS team at that point. And Michigan was ranked fifth to start the year. And on top of all that, it was the first ever game on the Big Ten Network. <laughs> so they they unveiled their conference network with this embarrassing loss to uh, to Appalachian State, which is just, just great. That's why we love college football. Well, and, um, there's several honorable mentions. You got to say the A&M LSU game because there was like ten buzzer beaters in that game. Yeah. Um, you got to mention it. Also changed mention, uh, overtime rules. Yeah. Um, I, I would say Alabama. The year we beat Alabama in 2012. You know that one was kind of a buzzer beater because of the jump off sides, but. I'm going to save, even though you uh, dogged on them a little bit, I'm going to save Texas fans. So I got your back, Texas fans, on this this (laughs) one. Um, Because Texas's national championship, when uh, Vince Young walked it in, that was just a 
all-time moment in college football. So, oh yeah, that one was a cool one too. Yeah, no, as much as I hate, I can't deny that that was a that was an awesome play. Yeah, um, a couple of ones from way back. I, I was digging into these uh, before the show, but uh, the the Boise State Statue of Liberty. That's what uh, that's one I was gonna say too. <laughs> you say that one, yeah. So yeah. I had to go back and look. Like I couldn't remember if that was a touchdown or like what that was like in in relation to the game, but. That it was going for two in overtime to to win the game, so that's that's awesome. Um, the uh, Doug Flutie Hail Mary uh, back in the eighties, I think uh, he hit a Hail Mary to beat Miami in the last play of the game, and that kind of secured the Heisman for him. And then, like like the goat of of this discussion, uh, the the band is out on the field. Cal, Stanford. oh yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I almost forgot about that when I was writing these down. I was like, "Oh crap!" Like that was, yeah, like, that was the end of the game. <laughs> like the, the band thought it was over, and they just ran out there. Um, uh, have you got any more? No. I think we have to throw in the the A and Big Twelve Championship. He got a touchdown. He got a touchdown. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, doctor. <laughs> um, damn it! I don't have that sound clip queued up. We'll get him next time. Um, later let's see here uh our good buddy kyle quinn asked if you could bring back one player from last year's team who would it be hmm one player it's, from it, last year's team it's tough because you so many of them on came this back because yeah i think um like i love I love the guys on defense. I love Bobby Brown and uh, Buddy Johnson, but I feel pretty good about those spots. So I'm probably going to say Carson Green. Uh, yeah, I feel I really going to go line. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to. Um, you know, I I, I I respect what Kellen did uh, for, for this AM team, and you know, uh, and doing it for as long as he did. But I, I'm excited to see somebody new. So. And I feel good about like we lost four linemen. Uh, like, he, like you could say Ryan McCollum, you could say uh, Dan Moore, but actually I think shoot I may change my mind to Ryan McCollum now. <laughs> but uh, no, I'll, I'll stick with Carson. But uh, just, I feel just one of the linemen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, e- I would e- e- I, either, either center or right tackle. You, can, you can't go wrong with either one. Right. I might go. I might go Buddy Johnson just because I like him a lot. And yeah. It would just be one more power hitter on defense um, to add to just our slew of wrecking crew-esque guys. Um, yeah. So maybe Buddy Johnson for me. Yeah. I feel like Buddy was a, a really good culture guy as well. I always loved listening for to sure, his interviews. For sure. um, oh, he's my favorite interviews. I would always listen to him on my drive back to Waxahachie after the game. Do you uh you remember that one he had last year? I think it was it was in the preseason, but they asked him about like uh you know if the D line the D line does their job and if if Buddy messes up like does the does the D line get onto him and he's like yeah they get onto us and he goes do y'all want Bobby Brown getting on one of y'all? <laughs> 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 but no, I love Buddy. Um, this next one comes from Sutton Jones. Uh, if the starting QB struggles early in the year, do you think Jimbo will do a kind of a quarterback rotation 
Uh, and do you think he'll handle it better than Kevin Sumlin did with Kyler and Kyle Allen? Okay. Sudden, that second question was dumb. Um, <laughs> yes, he's going to handle it better than Kevin Sumlin. Now, whether he does a rotation, I don't know. Um, Jimbo seems kind of ornery. Like, if he makes the decision, then that's what he's going to roll with. Um, so, I don't know that he would he would rotate. If he did, though, I definitely think – if he did, Coach Sumlin needs to be sitting on the sideline, like, taking notes. Like, <laughs> what is Jimbo doing now? And, and then just incorporate that next time he's, you know, head coach at Boise State or something. Yeah. Um, cause <laughs> I think that's, that even, just, that's probably even too much. Yeah. It just, yeah. It, it, he'll handle it better than someone for sure. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, I don't, I don't expect that we would see a rotation, but maybe we do. I, I, I would, I would lean towards a no on that. I think, I think once you get your guy, you got your guy. I mean, yeah. look at look at how, how often Kellen struggled his first year and uh, Jimbo's first year. I mean, yeah, and um, we didn't really rotate at all. So, I mean, I guess if like the only way I can see it is if he picks a starter and they just go out there and are just like flat out awful, just terrible. They just would have like, to be terrible for him to bail on them. I'm talking like a 35 percent. Completion percentage, multiple picks, like it, it yeah. have to be. It have to be really, really bad to not just like, you know, let them take their lumps and, you know, keep getting experience and just ride it out. Uh, it it have to be an, like an abject disaster <laughs> to get him to to, <laughs> to, to to change his mind after after picking a guy. But um, for sure, as far as the thing about someone, have, have we mentioned on here the the Jay Kubinak article? On Texas, I feel like we talked about it the other day with somebody else. It may not have been on an episode, but uh, I, I don't think we have on here. Uh, I may, I may go find a link to that because if you're a fan of A and M and you were a fan of A and M during that season, you probably had, you know, a lot of questions about why, like why they both transferred at the end of the year, or like what was going on with that whole situation. Um, it, Jay was, Kubinak, it was bad. It was bad. It was worse than that. I could have thought but uh, uh jay kubinak wrote a uh, like like an op-ed basically in um on, on tech like describing you know very detail in very great detail of the whole situation and like someone was really bad at communicating with those quarterbacks on who was going to be the starter and like it, it, like it was just bad like you'll, you'll have to go read it but um i'll make a note to, to link that in the in the episode description but well, yeah, it was just – I was manning the helmet trunk that game, and so I was right behind the quarterback bench, and it was just dumb. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just – a lot of temper tantrums were thrown. I don't know. It just, it just yeah. was not handled correctly. I really like this next one, and I'm interested to see your pick. I've got an idea, but – uh, this 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 goes back up to Hayden Garland. Um, who on the current roster, the current Aggie roster, can realistically win the Heisman Trophy? You do know my pick. Oh, there, I don't know. There's two. Is it H A? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm back away from my mic. I'm, I'm sitting back thinking. Um, yeah, mine would be H A. <laughs> um, 
Just because I love A-Chain. Uh, he's, he's mine too, though. I mean, gosh, like he's he's going to be a superstar in college football. Yeah, and I, I, Haynes King would be my second. Yeah. It would be one of those two. Yeah, I, I've got the same two. I'm trying to think like... Um, I mean, we did just see a receiver win it if uh, if Demond Demas goes like full Randy Moss, uh, maybe he gets in that discussion. You know, as a junior, maybe this year. I mean, that that, that would be awesome. But um, yeah, I, I don't. don't if, I don't see that as much though. Yeah, no, it's it's got to be quarterback or running back. And I mean, I I think I think King could absolutely win it um, in the next couple of years. Uh, yeah. But I think I think Achain is a a safer. I keep saying Achain. I think Achain is a safer pick just because he's going to do like Reggie Bush type stuff on the football right. field, like long runs, uh, explosive plays, like like the whole the whole thing. He's going to be a really uh, really exciting player and a household name for sure. But outside of those two yeah, guys, I, I can't think of anybody. He's else. my number one. Haynes is my number two. Yeah. Um. Ask me again next year, they'll probably flip, but yeah. right now that's the way I have it. Hey, bold take. Uh they both end up in New York this year or next. Oh, that's that's too bold, Will. <laughs> when was the last time a team had two players? Last year. Uh I th- I think did did Bama have two or three? I think they had I think Mac Jones was invited to New York. I, I don't know if Najee was, but um but that was, you know, the greatest offense of all yeah. time. <laughs> I was going to say that's that's we're not going to be at that level no yeah. matter how good we are. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let me scroll down here. I'm going to uh, take two from Brittany because uh, I think these are pretty quick. Um, what's worse to sit through in a game, rain or snow? To sit through, like, like as you're a watching, fan. Yeah, like you're watching the game and it's. You got to pick either rain or snow. I'm going to go snow. You think snow is worse? Yeah. I'd like to, mod- to modify it a bit and say if it's like 40 degrees and raining, then rain is worse. So I remember being at that, and I, I know you were there too, at the Mizzou game in 2014. Yeah. Uh, that was miserable. And it was like in the low 40s, high 30s. And it rained the entire game, and it was just, just nasty, just nasty. Work. Was that was that the one that we had the rain delay? I think so. I think we did. Of uh, have I told the story yet about that game? I don't think so. So we were. I'm pretty sure it was that game. It was whatever game we had, like a 30 minute rain delay, and uh, we were. We were all waiting in the locker room, like what? Everybody just watching the screen to see, okay, how long has it been since the last lightning strike? And and every time it would strike, we'd get all mad because then we had to wait like fifteen more minutes or something. And the deal for us was when it gets to like twelve minutes or whatever the time was, like basically whenever the team had five minutes before they were going out, um, we we were to take the balls back out because we would take the balls in so they wouldn't get waterlogged. Um, and so me and like two or three other managers, we, we walked out of the tunnel 
with the balls where we like ran out of the tunnel with the balls, you know, start getting everything prepped so that we could get back warmed up again. And Kyle Field just exploded. I mean, just absolutely roaring because we were running out on the field. And I was like, soak it in, boys. This is the biggest, the biggest uh, standing ovation any of us will ever receive in our entire life. <laughs> like, it was so cool. They were just like, everybody was cheering for us. And like, nobody ever cheers for us, you know? And yeah. uh, it, was, it was like, it was such a fun moment. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, uh, freezing rain, absolutely terrible. Um, I'm, I'm not sure yeah, I've ever just, sat through a snow game. I don't know that I have either, but I could just imagine it miserable. I, I'm actually picturing like high school football where you're like sitting there and the only thing you have to keep you warm is like the really watered down hot cocoa that they're selling at the concession stand <laughs> to support the theater program or something. Yeah, And like, it's just, I just think about how miserable those are and like you're just sitting there just like trying to warm up in any way possible and you just can't. Um, so that's why I would probably lean snow. Rain sucks, but it's rain. Yeah. Um, like the Georgia game was kind of fun. After, after you finally just said, screw it, I'm soaking wet and yeah. I'm just going to be here. Then it got kind of fun. Same thing happened with the Arkansas game, I think in 2012. Yeah. Um, yeah, where yeah. it was pouring rain. <laughs> I was with Hunter Williams at that game, and I was like jumping up and down, like excited, and I just landed and just slipped, and I we were on the third deck, and I just went like boom, 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 like I went like multiple rows down, you know, because it's so steep up there, and just just tumbled, just five, ten people, like just knocked them all just <laughs> off their feet, like it was bad. Uh, uh, but it was when, fun. When, whenever you described that that uh, hot chocolate, I, I I could like taste it. Whenever you started describing, you it. could it taste like, like how, it's, how it's so, like it's so distinct. Yeah, it's like they made it with like the the sink water from the you know concession <laughs> stand bathroom. Uh, um, this next one, uh, this one's tailor made for you. Uh, I'm just gonna let you take this and run with it. But All right. uh, Brittany asks, what's your favorite um, A&M uniform combination? Ooh, that's a good one, Brittany. Dang, you, you, you hit me with this one <laughs> offhanded. Um, I, I've got a couple. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start by saying like my ideal A&M uniform. Uh, mm -hmm. it'd be really close to what we have now, but instead of like, the only thing I would add to the ones we have now would be the, um, the unique, uh, shoulder stripes that we had on the, on the last iteration of our uniform. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I was, I, I blame Montana for that one. <laughs> I don't even care if it was his decision. It's on Montana. Yeah. And like 2% of it's probably goose. I'm, yeah. I'm blaming both of them. It actually was probably a hundred percent Matt, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I hate that we don't have shoulder stripes anymore. Um, yeah. If we had that, the combo that we have now with shoulder stripes, I would be beside myself oh, it, with excitement. It'd be perfect, right? Yeah. Um, I think my favorite, my favorite combo that we've done, 
I'd probably say Mizzou. Uh, when oh, we played okay. Mizzou in the white, in all white, and then um, we rewore the uh, gray and maroon barbed wire helmet. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? In yeah. 2013. Um, and the only reason I say that is because we did that. Like we, we, <laughs> we, we dressed up or we like put together a mannequin and it was just kind of on accident. Like we had the all white mannequin and we just put that helmet on the mannequin and it looked really cool. So like we got someone to come down and look at it and we're like, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, this looks cool. And we're like, well, we've never reworn a helmet like that. Yeah. So like, let's do it. Like, and so then we did it. Um, I think, and I might be misremembering this, but I'm pretty sure Luke Hillen was the one that like ran with that one. Like, I think that was all yeah. his doing. Yeah. Um, but was that helmet like yeah. the the maroon and black one that like faded? It was maroon and gray. Actually, it's that that one right there. This one, okay, yeah, no, yeah, that's my all time favorite helmet. Um, now I'll say I'll say if we're talking alternate uniforms, I think that gray uniform was my all time favorite. Yeah. But it looked terrible on TV. It looked purple for some yeah. reason. But in person, if you see it in person, that helmet is so stupid cool. Like, yeah, I mean, you you've seen my mini helmet helmet collection. A lot of y'all listening might may or may not know. I have a mini helmet collection of every single mini helmet that Texas A&M has ever ever worn, even the mini leather helmets. And um, that one, they did not make a mini helmet of. So I hand painted it and like, like I, I did pinstriping for it and everything. And, and it's, it's pretty sweet. Damn. Um, I, I, I think I've, I know I've seen that helmet. I didn't know you hand painted it. That's awesome. I hand painted that one and I hand painted the Chrome one cause they didn't make a Chrome one either. Yeah. I hand painted both of those. Yeah. And, but. and, and I'll never ever hand paint a mini helmet again. That was the most <laughs> miserable experience. I made one for for Kevin Marshall too, yeah. uh, one of the Chrome ones, and he wanted me to remake that one. I was like, no, <laughs> like yeah. that was so difficult. Um, it, but it was for my collection, so it was cool. Yeah. Um, um, but also, yeah, that that combo it, was tight. It's just a sick helmet, like the like the way it it fades into the maroon, and then on top of that, like it's got the big like block ATM logo with the uh, yeah. the outline of Texas around it. Like it's and, and a, no bevel. And no bevel. No, it's it's a sweet mm -hmm. helmet. Um, I'd like to give it. That's by far the coolest coolest helmet that we've ever ever produced. Uh, actually, I take that back. Uh, that that's the coolest looking helmet that we've ever done. The the leather helmet that we oh, did yeah. was a pretty close second because that that one was just Matt went to such great detail with that. He literally got one of the old old leather helmets and they took like super super high definition pictures you know how they take like those super high definition pictures at the stadium yeah. where you can like zoom in and see see yourself they did that to like the helmet and then produced the image of it to make it i mean it he went he worked on that thing for so long and they did just an incredible job on it it was super um, impressive the way that turned out like it it looked just like that 1939 helmet <laughs> like it was but see like one, one thing a little peek behind the curtain um that a lot of people don't know for some reason uh 
they people always wonder, oh, when are we wearing the black uniforms again, or when are we wearing this uniform? The the alternate uniforms, the in the alternate helmets, we would get one helmet for every player. So like it was already like custom their face mask, their helmet size, and we would order that well before the season. So if guys would change helmets, like some guys would go from the speed to the the shut, you know, or whatever in the season. When when it came time to do alternates, they got their speed that they had back six months ago. Yeah. Um, and so there was only one helmet per guy, and there was like maybe five extra ones. And it would be like very – like there was no room for change. So once the next – even just the next season, even if you have a lot of returning players, you're, you, you didn't have enough to re-wear that helmet again because they were – there was never going to be a time where two teams have the exact same helmet sizes and face masks and everything. Like it just wouldn't ever happen. Yeah. So, uh, that was the cool thing about that one was the gray uniform got a lot of hate because of how, how it was real rainy at that LSU game. And, um, so it looked kind of purple and, and so we got a lot of hate on that one, even though it looks super cool in person. Yeah. So we like wanted to like do something good for the helmet because the helmet's so cool. And I think I think it was Thursday. I think we're loading the truck to go to that game whenever we were like, someone, what do you think? You like it? And he he said yes. And then it was like, that's what we're doing. And so it was really cool (laughs) because it was just like like off the cuff, like it wasn't planned. And and same with whenever we wore the black uniforms at LSU. Yeah. um, Because the Aggie Knights uniform that we wore at 11 a.m. <laughs> I was about to um, bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you start talking about another helmet, I thought you were going to give a shout out to hashtag Aggie Knights at 11 a.m. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd like to give an honorable mention to uh, some past uniforms. Uh, I'm showing Chase this uh, picture of Kevin Murray from the ni- from the 80s at A&M, but just a really classic maroon and white and on the jerseys, it's got, it, I guess it's a little busy. It's got like two shoulder stripes, like the traditional shoulder, shoulder stripes, uh, horizontal. And then it's got the number on top of that. But uh, there's a bit well, much going on, but I, I, I do like it, though. Hold on just a second. I want to uh, try and remember something. Google, uh, Google Texas A&M football. 1978. Ooh, man. That's what I wanted. That I always wanted us to put two stripes down the center of our helmet whenever we had those shoulder stripes. And oh, everybody yeah. always hated on that uniform. And I'm like, you put those two stripes down the middle and it it'll put it all together. Yeah. Um that was the coolest uniform in his er, in our like way past history you know and, and it's, it's a just, white helmet it's just cool looking yeah it is a white helmet um i think we wore i don't know i'd have to go back i have a log on it all because I've, I've done a lot of history on texas a&m football but um i think we went all white helmet maybe that that year against texas like we yeah. took the stripes off oh yeah um but yeah no, that's 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 a really clean look and very unique. Um, if they ever want to add the 
the shoulder straps back, I'd be all for that. Um, I don't see us ever going to a, a white helmet full time, but man, that's a, that's a really clean look. Um, mm-hmm. As far as our current uniforms, uh, I did see that um, they added like some white trim to the like shoulder cuffs. I think oh, that yeah. looks, I think that looks really good. Um, it just kind of you know makes it a little bit more crisp and you know makes it pop a little bit. And you know in these in these recruiting photos when these recruits come visit and put on uniforms. There's been a lot of guys do all maroon and it makes me think like maybe Jimbo's, you know, preparing to, to do that this season and go. all. I maroon. wouldn't look into that at all. I you don't think so? Into, That's that they have a bunch of extra jerseys and pants laying around. So they throw yeah. them together for a recruiting weekend. Yeah. Uh, Cause the high school kids like to play around with different uniform combos right. and stuff. Right. So that's just for fun. But I will say that I'm I am historically very much against maroon pants. I think they're terrible. But uh, when I see it with the new uniforms and like the new, I guess like the new shade of maroon, I kind of like it. I would not be upset if they uh, wore that for a game or two. But full time, I, I love the way we got like the, the ones we have now. Um, I think it's it it suits A and M, and you know it's not it just it just feels right, you know. Will, are you familiar with the Bonfire Memorial helmet? Uh, yes. I like that helmet too. Yeah. Um, it wasn't ever marketed though. I don't think just because, like, we don't want to make money off of a tragedy, tragedy, you know. But it was like it was still like a really cool, just simple, simple design that just looks amazing. Um. So that's, I'm a big fan of that helmet too. Yeah. All right. You want you want a couple more? Yeah, let's do them. Um, I've got a few from Kyle, but the one I really want to ask is uh, if uh, if if either of us had signed an NIL deal an NIL deal in college, who would the company have like like like, like what company would it would it have been with? I've got a very very obvious one for me, but I wanted to see if. Uh, if there's a, a company in college that you would have uh, gone to for a an NIL deal. I'm going to answer it two ways. I'm going to do it company while we were there. And then I'll do if I was there right now. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So if I was there right now, it would be Cooper's Barbecue. <laughs> That's it. That's, that's, that's the answer. Hell yeah. Um, if it was while we were in college, I'd probably maybe go Chimmy's. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably Chimmy's Chimmy's. just cause I would need to get recoup some of my money that I spent there. Yeah. Um, if, if, if it were, uh, if, if I was back in college, you know, back in, you know, 2013 and 14 and whatnot, um, I would have had a deal with, Wings and more. Uh, I was their uh, <laughs> their biggest proponent and their biggest fan. Uh, I ate there at least once a week, either at the uh, the one on Texas or the one on Villa Maria. It was close to my office. Um, so yeah, I I still love Wings and More. Uh, it <laughs> it gets on Brittany's nerves that there's so many like good new food new food places in College Station, and whenever we go visit, all I want to eat is Wings and More. <laughs> 
I uh, for most of my college career, I thought wings and more was absolute trash because I would always get medium wings, and it wasn't like buffalo sauce. It was like butter, like a butter sauce with yeah. like, and it was just disgusting. And that's because I like I like the taste of you know sp- spicy wings, but I don't really like the problems that it creates if you actually eat the spice uh so i normally will go like default to medium yeah um and then midway through college i i tried their hot and it was a a buffalo sauce and that like completely changed the game for me at that point i did like wings and more yeah but um i'm gonna do like a wild card question here since we're on the topic of food in college station um all right i feel like uh I feel like we agree too much on a lot of things. So I wanted to have one that we very much disagree about. Uh, who has the best burger in College Station? You have you have a horrible take on this. So I want everybody to hear it. Have you, have you ever had a burger from the place that I'm going to say? Yes, I absolutely have. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I've had it many times. Shipwrecked. That's oh. an incredible burger. Okay, never mind. I thought you were going to say Chimmy's. Oh no, I like Jimmy's burgers. That's what okay. I always get. Okay. But yeah, no, yeah. Ship Shipwrecked has the best one in College Station. <laughs> okay. In that case, I'm not gonna fight you on that. I thought it was Jimmy's, but okay. uh, I've only been to Shipwrecked <laughs> once and I got I got fried catfish, but Well yeah. no no nobody ever gets it's uh, Fred McClure one time he was like, Try their burger here. It's it, it sounds dumb, but just try it. It's really good. And it was fantastic. And so then every time I went, I like wanted fish. But I'm like, their burger's so good, so I would just get their burger. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if you haven't had a shipwrecked burger, go try them. They're fantastic. Okay, um, I'm actually going to... Uh, I do li- I do like Chimmy's burgers, though. Yeah. Um, I've always... Uh, like, whenever I was there, I probably would have said that uh, that Copy Bridge had the best burger. And it's still really good. Fantastic burger. But I'll have to try Shipwrecked. And then Under the Radar, who may be the best one, is Harvey Washbangers. Have you had a burger there? Theirs is good too. Theirs is good too, but so is Ozona's. Ozona's is good. They have uh, that different, um, the, di- the different bun. Uh, yeah, it's like a, they're, it's like they're, a Hawaiian bun. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of what Shipwrecked has too. Okay, yeah. Like Shipwrecked and Ozona's have very similar burgers. Yeah. And I would say Chimmy's is kind of similar, but not as much. Yeah. Harvey Washbangers was good. Um, I... Copy Bridge, I liked Copy Bridge, uh, but their burgers were kind of greasy. And so, like, maybe, like, you know, after a night out, it would be good. I Like, I eat there all the time. I, I like that place. If anybody yeah. wants to eat there, I'll go there. But, um, but yeah, I, I just liked Shipwrecked and, and Ozona's because they were very, very uh, not greasy. Yeah. They were just good. Well, that did not go the way I thought it would. For some reason, I thought you you were like very staunch. In, uh, in like, I thought you were making fun of me Jimmy's for eating a burger. burger. <laughs> I thought you were making fun of me for eating a burger at a at a fish place, and I'm like, no, I love it. Hey, just because it's in a fish place, it's good. Like, <laughs> hey, on September fourth, whenever we're down there, let's go to Shipwrecked and get a get a burger. That's what we should do our, our first meet and greet at Shipwrecked, and yeah. everybody get a burger. Yeah, September fourth. You heard it here first. Um. Okay, uh, I think we have time for our questions for each other. 
And I know I just had that one, but I've got a a, a different one that's more football related. But uh, do, do you want right. to go first? You you want to hear mine first? Uh, I'll go first because mine's maybe easier than yours. I don't know what yours is, but you know mine is kind of. Okay. Um, so who's your who's your favorite helmet in college football? Ooh, yeah, um, yeah. You actually told me this before the show, and I meant to look it up, and I didn't. And you, and you completely forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I even told you so that you could look it up. <laughs> I know, I know, but I know, I know. We talked on our last Q and A that I'm a big fan of the of the Georgia helmet, and not just because it's very similar to the one I wore in high school. <laughs> and in fact, in high school, whenever I got there, they switched to cursive goats and not the G. So I, I missed out on the on the G. But that's uh, terrible. I think I think Georgia has a really really clean look, and I love the color red. Uh, basically, any any glossy helmet, uh, like any glossy like helmet that's not a white helmet that has a white face mask, I'm probably gonna like it. I think it, like any like anything that, that fits that description, I think it's really really cool. Um, I don't care much for uh, for Notre Dame's. Like I guess it's it's classic, but yeah, I don't Notre like, Dame's is terrible. I don't get like fired up for that. Um, let's see here, who else? Um, Auburn's is unique. I guess it's kind of unique. Um, I mean, Texas is a traditional one that people like. Sorry, I'm just cheating and scrolling through the top helmets right now. Watch, <laughs> I'm going to get there and it's going to be like Penn State and it's all white. I'll Miami. give you a few of my, Miami, my favorites. Miami is not number one. That's trash. Um, yeah, that's kind of a hot take. I think... Um, I don't like Michigan at all, but I've got to admit that their helmet is is super iconic, and uh, I think it's it's one of the one of the cooler the cooler helmets in college football. Yeah, one of the better ones. Um, yeah. So one of mine is that white LSU helmet mm. they wore. That one was so cool. Yeah. Um. I, uh, honorable mention maybe, and it's one of my favorites is, um, um, Vanderbilt actually. Yeah. The way, if you've seen Vanderbilt's helmet, how it has the, uh, the center stripe as an anchor. I don't think I ever realized that. Oh, it's so cool. It, Cause it's so subtle and it, it's, it's, it's clean and crisp and it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's one that's very close to the top for me on on favorites. Um, the Tennessee helmet when they did the uh, checkered stripe, mm. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that one was cool. That's cool. Um, I'm trying to think of some more just kind of off the wall ones that might not might not be SEC. There was a uh, um, a specialty uh, Boise State helmet a while back that had like an oversized. Uh, like an oversized Bronco on it. I thought that was really cool. I think it was like black and uh, like bright blue. And yeah, stuff. another one you're talking about, yeah. Um, that one was neat. And the other night we talked about how cool uh, the different uh, TCU helmets are. Um, oh, TCU always has really good ones. Yeah. I love their their white one. Like if it's white and purple or white and black, I think that's that's a really clean look. Um, I think they have one of the better the better color schemes in, in college football. Um, I do like the the Carolina helmet. I know that that logo is associated with their basketball team, but I mean, 
it's I think the baby blue is super unique and and really cool. Mm-hmm. But hey, and shout out to Wyoming. They got they got a a cowboy on theirs, so you you, you can't hate that. No, gotta like it. Yeah. Have you got any more favorite helmets? I'm sure there's going to be some that I missed that I'm going to be mad that I didn't say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are those are my favorites. That yeah. Just off the top of my head. So my question for you is kind of a weird one, but I was listening to a, a preview of this conference earlier on a separate podcast. Uh, shout out to Split Zone Duo. But um, what is your favorite conference in college football that's not the SEC? Hmm. I can probably Big Ten. Big Ten. Yeah. Um. I mean, the Big Twelve, RIP in peace. Um. <laughs> that one. Those games are fun to watch, like because they're you know it's always going to be a shootout. So like yeah. if you want an offensive game to watch, like those are fun to watch. Um. But the Big Ten, I I like. Um. There's just some really good teams in the Big Ten a lot of times, and so uh, there's some big games to watch each each week. And I feel like it's a really like like the Big Ten is a really just like college football e conference. Like it, it kind of like it's a it's a major part of college football. Like you've got you know Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and Wisconsin and like like it's a lot of like really classic looking teams and a lot of really cool logos. Um, just a very, you know, historic conference. I can tell you who my least favorite conference is. Okay. I've, I've got one for this too, so I want to hear yours. Mine's the ACC. Okay. Those those teams are just like, they're just trash in terms of <laughs> all their logos suck, except for maybe Clemson and and maybe the Seminoles. Well, I, I take that back because I like, I like Miami's too, but I mean – Virginia Tech, what are you doing? What, what, what kind of color scheme is that? Yeah. Orange and maroon at the same time? No, I'm out on that. <laughs> can't um, have that. No, can't be having that. But just like like Virginia, their logo's trash. Wake Forest and Georgia Tech, like it literally looks like somebody just <laughs> made up something. <laughs> it, like somebody's like trying to make a graphic and they just went on Microsoft Word and did, um, you know, like, what do you call that word font or whatever? Like, you know what I'm is, talking about? Where is, like, is, it, is it called word art? Or word art. Yeah. That's word it. Art? That's yeah. it. You could do it in Microsoft paint too. Um, <laughs> is that's what somebody did once upon a time. And they were like, that's the one that's what we're going with. Yeah. Pitts logos trash. Um, as much as I want to like it. Um, NC state's logos trash. Boston I mean, College's logo is just weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bunch of very average, uh very very average logos. Um Yeah. The the ACC is my definitely my least favorite conference to uh bet on. Um in our <laughs> in our college pick'em a couple years ago, uh people kept putting Duke games on there and it pissed me off because <laughs> they're just so like and it happened last year with Pitt. Like, don't bet on Pitt or any ACC team that's not Clemson. Uh, you're gonna have a yeah. bad time, but um, my my actual least favorite is Conference USA. 
it's and uh, I hope I don't offend your buddy Mac. I know he's a, up at Marshall, um, but it's just it's just a weird conference. Like it's got Rice and UTEP and Charlotte and Florida International. Like it's just it, it, there's too much going on there. Like and, and none of these teams are actually you know super good. It's uh, I, 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 before I even looked up who was in the Conference USA, uh, I could have named like two or three teams in it. Like I couldn't even remember who all was doing in the, like in the conference, but, um, yeah, whenever I'm looking at the teams, I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but old dominion. I wouldn't yeah, name them. I didn't even, I didn't even see them. Yeah. Uh, and then La Tech, I mean, UAB who actually dropped their football program a couple years ago and then brought it back. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a trash conference, but, um, my favorite is actually, the Sun Belt. Um, I'm kind of a uh, fair weather uh, App State fan, and I'll probably own some App State gear at some point. But I'll do it after after we play them. I'm pretty sure we play them next year. So uh, after we weather that storm, because uh, anytime App State plays a big team, they 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 give them hell, and it's a tough game. So as soon as that's over and we beat them, then I'll may get some App State gear, but. Um, it's a it's a dope campus. It's in a, a really cool college town in Boone, North Carolina. Um, their uh, their stadiums, like football and baseball, are like in the forest and like in the mountain ranges and stuff. So that's really cool. Um, I love what Coastal's doing right now. Uh, I love their coach, their offense, love their uniforms with the uh, teal. Is it is that teal? Um, it's something. It's one of those colors, but love that. I like Georgia Southern and uh, I like I like Louisiana. I like the Raging Cajuns. Uh, shout out to Matt Barnes, uh, Grosbeck's finest, who uh, played for the Raging Cajuns. But also got Texas State, best party school in the uh, Hayes County. <laughs> yeah, um, Texas State. Texas State logo. Or Texas State's logo is is the best one in Texas. Actually, their logos. I, I loved their awesome. uniforms last year. Um, they did what I talked about earlier. Um, like, uh, there's there's no white on the uniform, which is kind of weird, except for the face mask. But it makes the helmet look so good. Like, like it's like a glossy maroon with like a gold, like their gold logo, and like their uniforms are just like straight up maroon and gold. But the the helmet's dope. Um, I, I definitely liked that last year. Um. Who else is in here? My pa- my parents went to Texas State back when it was Southwest Texas. Hey, there we go. Home with George Strait. Yeah. And my sister in law. Um. So yeah, I think I think the Sun Belt's cool. I like App State. I like Coastal. I like Louisiana. Um. I like watching those games. So, um, that would be my favorite, other than uh, the SEC, obviously. But, um. I think that's going to wrap us up. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll let you wrap us up. You're, you're hosting this thing. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you're still in my thunder, Will. <laughs> uh, no, there, I saw one more earlier that I, and I, I didn't hear it, so I want to I want to mention it. Let's do it. Um, and I think it was one of Britney's maybe. Okay. I saw it on Facebook or Instagram or something about um, what's your favorite college mascot I'm so glad you asked this. About, 
Yeah. So let's hit it. Do you want me to read it? Um, she asked, uh, what is the, yeah, best, like, the best live college football mascot. Like, not, you know, the duck costume or the Bevo costume. Like, actual the live. duck. Like, live animal or live person mascot. I've got, I've got two good ones, but I'll let you go. Um, oh, no, you go ahead. You sure? Yeah. Okay, so this may be the cover photo for this uh, episode, but um, so NC State is the Wolf Pack, and last week they uh, got a new uh, puppy as their mascot. Um, his name is Tuffy the Third, and he is a uh, Tamascan dog. Sorry, I'm trying to look up what kind of dog he is, but it's the most, it's the closest looking dog to a wolf. That's not a wolf. Like it's still, it's, it's a domestic breed, but um, it's a really cool looking dog. And uh, the current one is a puppy and he is hella cute. So um, I got to go with them as my, as my number one. Yeah, that's cool. I like that one. Cause my grandparents dog used to be named Tuffy. That's a cool name. I, I, I never heard that one before. I don't think, but I dig it. Yeah. They had one set of grandparents had Tuffy and then my other set of grandparents had Scruffy. <laughs> and and then uh the first set of grandparents they had a cat named Tom Cat as yeah. well. Yeah, hey, I do I do want to clarify Tuffy's breed. Um he is a Tamascan, which is a mix of German Shepherd, Alaskan Malamute, and Siberian Husky. Oh, this one's a toughie for me. No pun intended. No pun. I actually did not mean to do that. <laughs> I cannot believe that. <laughs> I, I did not mean to do that. I promise that was not planned. That's hilarious. Uh, that just threw me off of my own. What I was about to say. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Uh, wow. Um, of course, I love Reveille. I'm not saying anything against oh, yeah. Rev, ma'am. And um, any dog, really. Like, there's so many. There's so many good boys. Yeah, and, like how do you not? Girls. How do you not like good boys and girls? Um, but like, I, I am kind of partial. Like, I do think it's super cool whenever teams have just violent, wild animals <laughs> as their as their mascot, and then they go out and get a live one. Yeah. So, um, so the the buffalo, you know, for for Colorado, Bevo and his, you know, whatever you want to call that craziness, yeah, um, attacking the bulldog, <laughs> uh, the Baylor bear. Whenever they had the bear, I don't know if they still have it or not. I think they do. Um, and then, of course, Mike the tiger. Mike. Um, like those are those are cool. I like I'm I'm kind of partial to those because it's just it's just like blatantly like just blatant disregard for sensible thinking, you know? Like you just have this gigantic <laughs> animal on the sideline. Yeah. Um but I uh I got to say this too in in I deal with this a lot in, in Waxahachie since we're the Indians. Um, so I, I think some people might 
might dislike this take because of the cultural appropriation that it brings, but the Seminole or Florida mm-hmm. state is super cool. Like it's, I really like, it's badass. Like the tradition yeah. associated with that. And like, I feel like if I was, a, if I was a Seminole from like through and through, yeah. then I would, I would think it's cool that they make me look so cool. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I, I, I know it's kind of, you know, like the the Cleveland Indians just changed their name and it's a, you know, the Washington football team and all that. It's a, a, a topic of interest these days. But I, I do think that Florida State, uh, like the university, has a, a really good relationship with the Seminole tribe. Um, so I think that one's That's good. I think, that, I think that one's safe. I think that one's that one's good in there. You know, they always, you know, reach out to them for any. Like before they do anything with the mascot, but no, it's super yeah. cool. I love uh, I love Chief Osceola getting out there and uh, throwing the spear in the middle of the field. That's 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 what college football is all about. I love that. Right, um, right. I do want to give an uh, an honorable mention to the uh, West Virginia Mountaineer. <laughs> A couple of uh, I yeah. feel like if I if I were in college today, like if I if I went there, I would I would try out to be the Mountaineer guy. Like I would grow my hair and beard out and, and try to get that gig but uh a couple a couple of years ago uh whoever like the the guy that was the mascot at the time got a uh, arrested for a dui and uh people on twitter were like well he's a he's a mountaineer like in that part of the costume <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh i i do also like the the sooners like wagon that they have that's pretty cool yeah um I'm just like going through live mascots right now on Google search. The uh, USC Trojan that uh, sticks the sword in the field. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Of course, Bevo. um, I don't know if everybody knows this. I learned this from my uh, Longhorn graduate spouse that whenever they retire a Bevo, um, they have a big party with all the big donors and former players and they eat Bevo, the one that retires. And uh, they serve steaks and Stuff like that, and it's, man, it's, it, I want to go to a Bevo retirement. Well, actually, I don't because it's a Longhorn, so it probably is like trash meat. That, well, and he's probably really uh, old, so like, can't imagine it'd be a very good steak. Not, not a whole lot of marbling going on there. No, not at all. Yeah, I don't know. A few of these, a few of these people that have goat mascots is kind of dumb. Like, that's probably the worst one. Uh, um, some would say that the goats are the greatest of all time. Yeah, some would, but yeah. others wouldn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm mark me in the second group. <laughs> uh, like one that I think is is pretty funny is the uh, Arkansas Razorback. You know, they just have a wild pig. Oh shoot! Yeah, they do. <laughs> Like, like I was trying one, to picture it at first, but no. that one's just that was just a, like a, a hilarious bit to me, you know, because it's like, you know, like you had the their logo looks pretty cool, you know, but it's like my their brother, mascot. It's like my brother caught a wild hog in Grosbeck, Texas, and they put that in a cage and sent it to Arkansas, and that's what their mascot is. <laughs> Literally, that's what they did. I'm sure. Um, and it's just, 
It's just so god awful as like a live mascot. It, like it's got to be a bit. They had to do that like as a joke, you know. And then they're just like, let's just keep doing it, you know. Um, but and then and then of course I think it's hilarious. Like the War Eagle, like Auburn Tigers, like confusion of what's their actual mascot. Yeah, um, that one's kind of funny. Um, I've always wanted. South to see Carolina that. has the Gamecock. Cool. Yeah, that's one stadium I've never been to. Is Auburn? Is there a Ooh, uh, how about uh, how about we we point out like what the best dogs and worst dogs are? The worst dog is Uga. Uga, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Second worst is Tennessee's dog. You don't like Smokey? Just no, he's just trash. <laughs> not not a cool looking dog. Yeah, I like Smokey. Um, uh, Reveille obviously is number one. The uh, husky at Washington is is a cute dog. Husky at Washington is is cute. Yeah, he's got that that unlock. Um, who else? Yeah, I think you have to you know, ask like what mythical powers does a sun devil have? I think we have to consider that. Yeah, you you got to consider that. <laughs> Actually, on that <laughs> note, de- I do like the buffalo at Colorado. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I like that one. As part of my just egregious, you know, over-the-top live mascots. <laughs> um, that one that one gets it. Um, yeah, I, well, I, I believe that about does it for us. Uh, Will, <laughs> do you have any other questions for us? I think I'm good. We will... Uh... Save what we have left over for the next one, and uh, we'll we'll do a, uh, a, a I think we'll do one last preseason Q and A uh, right before the season starts. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm good, right. on, I'm good on my end. Thank you for joining us on um, episode 2.0 of the question and answer period. We have been Will Stone and Chase Caldwell coming at you live from the ineligible pod. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. All you have to do is type in the search bar at ineligiblepod, and you'll find us. Um, send us messages, send us DMs. Let's get Q&A 3.0 even better. Thanks for joining us. We'll holler at you next time. Hasta la vista. <laughs>